There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this episode of In My Truth. It's actually been a little while between recording for me. I, my last one with Lisa Gad was recorded while I was in Bali and now here I am home in Colorado, which is very, very nice. And I have with me today, Tom Clutter. Welcome, Tom. We met on Instagram and I'm super excited to have you on the show. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do, what you're all about. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Tom Clutter. I live in Omaha, Nebraska right now. Um, I've kind of grown up all over the Midwest. I worked as a chef for a while. Uh, I work in software implementations and consulting. Um, I compete in triathlons. I still cook on the side. That's kind of kind of part of where I'm at, figuring out next. Um, yeah, I enjoy running ultras. Um, I have a new puppy, so I'm kind of always on the go between work and and the next experience I'm chasing. So I'm uh, oh, looking forward to it. Cool. I used to do a lot of ultra marathons actually, but um, got a little hard on my body. So I'm sticking with, with the skiing and the backcountry skiing and yoga. And I've just started CrossFit actually, but yeah, ultra marathon running, super cool. Very fun. Yeah, it's been, I, I grew up wrestling. So running was always punishment. And so now yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting kind of flip of the, of the spectrum on it. Totally, totally. All right, so let's dive into whatever you're working through right now. You touched on something to do with the cooking and the transition and stuff. So yeah, like just tell us a bit about where you're at. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, I cooked in restaurants and then also doing um, travel catering for music festivals. Music's always been a huge part of my life. Um, growing up, you know, listening to my dad's vinyl collection. And so that kind of led me to a, a rock and roll kind of pirate lifestyle that, that fit very <laughs> well in the kitchen atmosphere. Um, and yeah, so right now I'm kind of working through the process of drafting a book about that and, and how that's impacted my mental health and how I've seen it for better or worse impacts people around me, friends and family's mental health. So I'm working through kind of processing that. Um, I've dove into it off and on over the past few months, but I think now I've, you know, I feel like I'm finding more of a balance of how to approach it and, and to work through it and actually process and, and tell that story. So it's not just totally self-serving, but it's also finding why I feel the need, need to share that, so. Mm. That is so interesting, like the whole, why do I feel the need to share this? So it's really funny the way these conversations always work. But um, I like shared some stuff on my, so I write a lot to process and I'm also writing a book about my life as well that I don't really know what I'm going to do with right now. So, and I haven't actually written on that for ages, but you know, I write regularly on my blog and on my Instagram and I wrote a post about a week ago about, sexual shame and like experiences I've had in my life around sex. And that was part of my process to release that shame. Uh, As a result, it really kind of upset my mom that I wrote publicly about that. And so that's something that I'm moving through (laughs) as we speak. And I actually had like a pretty rough day today. Um, Just trying to like, I guess, ask myself those questions. Like nothing I've ever written is intending to like hurt or upset anyone. If anything, you know, I'm writing it to heal myself and release things from myself. And hopefully that helps other people. But I hadn't considered that like it also might offend or upset people. I mean, to say I haven't considered is probably not 100% true. Like obviously in the whole wide world, not everyone wants to read my stuff, but I hadn't thought about specific people or put anything together thinking like, oh, this is going to upset someone. So hearing that my mum was a bit upset with me for posting about sex um, and like sharing like some exact stories, you know, she was just like, this is really intimate. Why are you sharing this? It's like, it, it sent me into this spiral a little bit the last couple of days about like, you know, did I take it too far and why am I actually sharing it? And so anyway, you just said like, why am I sharing it? And what is the purpose? Like, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on that because I'm struggling a little bit right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and, and I've had, that's kind of where I'm at right now is thinking through that because part of, part of it's a huge, huge hurdle for me because there's obviously people I know that, that were there through all these experiences. So, you know, it, it was kind of a family so my, my uncle that I, I shared killed himself um, was the one that got me into cooking and really showed me like the connection that can be built, whether it's like Sunday dinners or, you know, people you, you have no idea and you're sharing a meal with. And so, yeah. So you I shared with that, that with me just a little bit before the show, before we were recording, but yeah. So do you want to just go into that a little bit? So it was your uncle that you were working with? Is that? No, it was, so it was my uncle that was kind of, he just, he, you know, he was like kind of the, the cool uncle that taught you all the stuff your parents didn't want you to know. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he also, you know, he taught me to appreciate wine and whiskey and good food. Mm-hmm. And it was just, those were the memories I had. And so his, my cousin, who is like my older brother, worked in restaurants for a long time. And I knew 
he had gotten into some trouble, but I kind of, I saw how much he cared about his craft. And so that kind of, you know, I went to, I went to KU uh, for a year and then dropped out. And that was, um, that's when I decided, you know, I was cooking part-time anyway. And I had experienced kind of that family, very communal um, feeling in the kitchen. You know, when you work with people under high stress and mm-hmm. it, you just, you learn to, to work with each other and know what's going to come next. And you almost, uh, you communicate on a, almost an ethereal level where it's like, you don't have to talk. You just know, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's mm-hmm. on the same page. And so when he, when he killed himself, that was kind of, I was in a really, in hindsight, really dark place already. You know, I was mm. totally in that um, drinking all night, every night, uh, up till 4 a.m., wake up at 9 to go cook brunch, that sort of thing. And so it, it hit me, but I didn't really, I hadn't processed it. You know, I was, I was always thinking like, oh, shit, that's intense. Um, but I didn't think about it at that point that I was on a similar reckless path. Um, And so that's been something working through, you know, like you said, you're working through sharing specific stories. Um, I have, I've been told I have a good memory for better or worse of, of, you know, situations of, of events. And so sometimes when I share those stories with people who were there, they're like, Oh wow, really? How do you remember that? And so Mm. You know, obviously they they would have some interest in reading it, but but that's not that's what I'm wrestling with now. Is am I sharing it for them to have kind of an anchor of saying like if you're still in that environment, you can get out. You know, like you can make a positive impact in your life and not feel stuck or not feel lost in this cycle. But then again, like some of my family knows some pretty specific stories about. Um, my drug use and drinking and partying, uh, but a lot of them don't. And so that's mm. I've thought about where I lived that lifestyle pretty shamelessly for a long time, but that was before social media and everything was so widespread. And so, yeah, I think I'm kind of battling with that internal conflict of like, I know this can help other people, but what's the detriment? Yeah, who am I hurting along the way? Man, yeah. that's exactly where I'm at. So, well, firstly, like I'm super sorry for what happened with your uncle. Like it's really, really freaking tough. And I think loss is so difficult to deal with and uh, suicide comes with its own. I don't think any loss is, bit, you know, easier or worse, but it comes with its own set of challenges and I'm, I'm really sorry for you. But, yeah, I know exactly what you mean around like you come at it from a place of I want to share my story it helps me heal. It, it also removes some of that shame that may be there, those layers of shame. Um, someone wrote in response to my post, what was it? It was uh, shame needs secrecy to survive. And I was just like, oh, like I just got goosebumps then. Those words really hit me. It's true. Like the things that we don't want to share are the things that we create more and more shame around. So there's that release for us. There's that normalization of, you know, these things happen to me and somebody else reads it and it's like yeah that happened to me too okay cool I'm not the only one I'm not like stuck in my little head in my little bubble about being the only person that's ever been through this and being ashamed of it or feeling embarrassed or whatever but exactly as you said like what is the detriment though of sharing and then that's the decision is like and this is what I keep wrangling with and what I keep 
trying to come back to. And I think I, I, I mean, I know my truth. Like I know it is to keep going, but far out right now, it sucks. <laughs> like it yeah. really, really sucks. And I think, you know, having experienced feelings of depression for quite a period last year um, and being in a pretty great place more recently, like I've really worked through so many things and I feel so great. Like today I was just on the couch. I had the blinds down. Like I worked for about five hours this morning and then I just like curled up on the couch, blinds down, watching TV and I could just feel that fucking black dog just scratching at my door. Like, you know, and I was like, no, I just, I don't, I'm not going to go down that path again, but it's amazing how much like it can weigh on me that something I've done has adversely affected somebody I love um, or something that I've shared, I should even say, not necessarily what I've done, but something that I've shared has adversely affected somebody, somebody I love. Like that's just been really, really heavy on me. And I'm wrangling with the truth that I know is that I want to keep sharing and I will keep sharing because there's been more benefit for me and others, I believe. Um, so I'm just trying to understand how do I do that now and be, I mean, I thought I was being sensitive to the situations and the stories, but obviously not enough. So how do I look to be gentle with the truth, like as I'm speaking it? And I think I've always tried to, not like I'm going to name people or, but there are certain things, right? Like my dad died. It was my dad. He died. Like, I'm not going to be like this person in my life who was my caretaker passed away. Like, you know, and, and like you're saying, you've experienced your, your uncle's suicide. Like that's a real thing that happened in your life. And there are certain things that we can't completely not mention the person involved. And so it's, it's quite a fine line to walk. I'm discovering. Um, and it's, it's challenging me a lot right now. Yeah. I think, do you feel, and this is something I've been working through. Do you feel that it's, it's more challenging than maybe being at peace with, with, the things you did and, and the shame that you carried when you do share it and it's received with maybe not negativity, but like, how could you share that? You know, why, you know, it's almost re-questioning your why. Totally. I mean, it was ironic that the post that I shared about sexual experiences that had happened that had caused shame in me around being a woman and enjoying sex created more shame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the response to the post from someone that I care about and love actually like created more shame in me and made me start thinking, did I go too far? I shouldn't have shared those things. Oh my God. Like now people know all this stuff about me, like all these things that I'd made peace with and felt called to share, like came back on top of me of like, maybe, maybe that wasn't the right move. Like maybe, yeah, it's like the shame. I mean, in a different way though, because I think, well, I have released it now and this is kind of in many ways reaffirming, why I wanted to release it and why I want to try to normalize some of these conversations. Um, but still really difficult because I didn't mean to like embarrass my mom or, you know, share with her things that she doesn't want to know or whatever. Right. I think that's really powerful. Uh, to, to, and that's something I've, I've been working through is if, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so much, it's almost like we protect our family by not sharing it when it's happening too. And I think that's something where, you know, obviously I feel like our, our parents have, <laughs> they have more of an idea than they let on, but they also don't totally. want to, at the time, put more pressure on. Um, you know, I grew up in a very academic, 
performance-based environment. You know, I, my dad was a professor and I, there's a lot of positive that goes along with that, but a lot of rebellion was, was against that. And so that's another piece that I've been struggling with is like, they, they obviously know, you know, they don't know all the details, um, but they know enough to still be kind of iffy on why, on why I do what I do. So the, the flip side of that is my mom was a runner growing up. And so now she's watched kind of the, the 180 of going from, you know, heart partying all night, all the time, rock and roll lifestyle to, and it wasn't a quick transition. It was, there was a lot there. I think my first, my first trail race I ever podiumed at, um, I was probably still drunk from the night before it was a half marathon. And I just, I went out and ran it and, as we were leaving, they're like, oh, yeah, you got second in your age group. I was like, oh, I feel kind of bad about that, too. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, it's almost like that's – it's just so interesting to hear sometimes the stories that our families develop around what they what they experienced. Maybe it's not that they don't know or that they're trying to cope with it, but that's all we've given them. And so that's another totally. year where it's like, oh, shit, maybe when I wasn't living my truth – that's all they know. And so then they're going to be just, you know, they're going to be devastated when they find out that wasn't half of the truth at all. Yeah. Mm, I think it's a tough one. And I mean, I think every single human on the planet has different ways of processing things and dealing with things. I think there are some very real generational differences. Um, and that's not, that's being blanket and being generalizing, but it is there. Um, and it's not there for every person or whatever. There's plenty of people our age that want to put their head in the sand and there's plenty of people our parents age who are really conscious and really working through things but generally speaking you know you've got generational differences you've got just human human differences different ways that we experience things i mean my sister and i talk about things that happened in our childhood like it could be a fun memory it could be whatever and she'll remember totally different stuff to me of the same day because obviously we're all having different experiences so i've always tried to be quite explicit about saying like this I, I'm fully aware that this is just my experience of the situation like you know it's not necessarily what is the truth of what happened I mean who knows because when we try to label everything it's it's really creating all of this right and wrong and black and white language where nothing is ever a hundred percent like anything it's just like I was in the room and I was standing there and somebody was there and this is what happened this is what I did and this is how I responded and this is how they responded and it's all our own interpretations of those experiences so i mean that's what feels most authentic and true for me is to share and continue to share if it's helping me and helping others my experiences and um how they impacted me and how i moved through them because i think that's the beauty and that's what this podcast all about is all about is like getting being a bit of an eyewitness to how we move through and process things um but yeah as i say like I don't want to hurt other people by sharing, sharing things. And also just, you know what else I think it is? It's digging up stuff that some people don't want to, they're not ready in this moment to think about it. And that's what I've had to come to terms with is like, if, if people in my life don't want to follow me on social media or read the things that I'm writing, like that's okay because I'm not trying to force stuff down anyone's throat. I'm sharing and if it resonates, then stick around. And if it doesn't, then don't. And that's okay because in no way do I want 
my process of sharing and healing to be, you know, making someone deal with something or see something again that they don't necessarily want to in this moment. They might want to, or they might've already done it or whatever it might be, but like forcing people to relive things that they're not wanting to right now is, I mean, I've, I've never forced them, but I suppose when you just write on the internet and like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it gets to, it get, they get, they get to see it. <laughs> well, I think that's an interesting, you know, the vastness of the internet and not, not knowing who's going to read it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I had a blog that was all about, you know, I ran my own and farm to table food sourcing business when I went back to college. And that was kind of an interesting, I knew I didn't want to work for anyone for a while. And I knew this was kind of my calling after I moved to Nebraska. And, and that was kind of a struggle too, because I, I was trying to write to a certain audience and they had no interest in listening. And so that's somewhat discouraging, but then also, people that needed to hear it were reading it. And I was like, I don't know how the hell you even heard about this. And I'm like, oh, well, your friend so-and-so knew so-and-so and told them about it. And so you never know, you know, kind of what the, the network or the chain of, of whatever, you know, the six degrees of separation, who on that chain is going to read it. And so that, mm -hmm. you know, shifting from that to then now going, going and writing about mental health. Like I, I claim no expertise and, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not, I'm not. You do have a brain though. That's right. Yeah. And we all have to deal with our brains. That's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, experientially, I guess. Yeah. That's, you know, that's kind of the other struggle. I feel like with processing that, that I've, I've really battled processing writing. I went to journalism school for a year and then dropped out because I really, Again, it was like putting everything in this box for this is, you know, this is the formula. This is how you have mm. people to digest it. And, and again, at that point, I think I wanted to write very much along the lines of like Allen Ginsberg and Hunter S. Thompson. I didn't want to follow any rules. I wanted it to be social commentary, but have a positive impact on people. And so I think that's something I, I struggle with too, is writing, you know, writing the process and then understanding that we can't control how people, how people process it or digest it. Or, you know, we, I was talking to a friend about drafting out these ideas and I started writing and I just had a word document. And every time I get on a plane, I travel a lot for work. So I'd get on a plane and have a cocktail and just open it and start writing. And it sometimes would connect to it. And sometimes it was just rambling. And I think that was really therapeutic in a lot of ways to get, the confidence to just put words, dump words out yeah. again, and, and not think about who's going to read this. Why am I writing it? Like just process it, just put it down so I can read back through it. And then, you know, that, that whole idea of, Oh, I'm writing. Why are you writing a blog? Are you writing a book? Are you writing an article? But it doesn't, I don't feel that, that it has to fit in any of those, you know, it can start as one and roll yep. into but having I mean, I wrote like a personal finance book and worked with a publisher and had like the format and all of that and the formula and everything. Um, and it's so interesting because I did all of that and it was at a time in my life where I wasn't writing that much. Like I did, I was writing blogs, but they were also about finance, but they were also probably quite structured, um, as structured as I, I ever am, which is not that much, but like they were probably quite structured and it's so funny because I'm a published author yet I never identified 
as like a writer because I kept thinking, well, I'm not doing it like 100% the right way. And I also didn't really enjoy the process of writing that book, to be honest. Like it was, it felt like a chore and it felt like an assignment and I did it as quickly as I could. And I think it was well written, but it wasn't like, I didn't get so much pleasure out of it. And a lot of it was this resistance I felt to being a writer because a school kind of condition in me that there's a right way to do it in the wrong way. And I didn't know if I was able to do it the right way. And the act of journaling, I've, I've been journaling since I was like very young, um, a child, but I did have a big period through my twenties where I pretty much stopped because, you know, I thought by that time school had just beat it out of me that like I wasn't doing it right. And it wasn't the perfect format and all of that. And the act over the last couple of years of starting to journal again, every single day and even if it is just writing one paragraph or one sentence or just a stream of consciousness that doesn't even make sense and like learning to stop judging that and stop judging those words and what's coming out has freed up my writing in every other area of my life now um and i mean everything that i post on my instagram or my email newsletter literally gets written and posted instantly like there is no curation there is no editing besides like writing it and quickly reading over it. Um, I write it in the moment because it's the things that I'm feeling and moving through and feeling kind of like impassioned to communicate. But the flip side of that as well is like trying to give myself enough space from what I'm feeling and moving through to make sure that what I'm writing is, you know, like that I'm writing it for the right reasons, like to go back to that point that I'm not like annoyed at someone or something that's happened. And so I just like blurt all these words onto the page. Um, and I don't think like I can hold my head pretty high that I, I haven't like done that specifically. Uh, but I have had, I definitely have had one or two posts that I've put out. I was very angry at one point and I wrote, I wrote about being angry and I didn't name the person. I didn't name what was going on. But like that was a massive release for me to just write this like very angry thing. And I sent it out. And I mean, I, I completely avoided any details about anything I was angry about because I knew had I, that would have been really malicious, you know. But it elicited quite a lot of feedback. Like, hey, I feel that way sometimes. Like, and people wanted to know why. And, you know, in that instance, I didn't want to share because it was too close to what was happening. Um, and I wanted to express it, but I didn't want to, you know, yeah, be an asshole basically. But most of what I write, I'm just trying to find that balance between like giving myself enough space. I usually write the things that I've been thinking about. Something's happened in my life and I've been thinking about it for a couple of days and I've been like analyzing and nutting over it and getting to that point where I kind of hopefully understand it. And then that's when I want to share it. Um, but I think we do have to be in our truth and our, and like integrity when we ask ourselves like, you know, why am I truly sharing this? And you know, making sure that it's not to get a response from a particular person or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think the journaling has been really, really positive for me. I was in a very, very similar mentality for a long time, I think. And I worked with a business coach for two years. That was, uh, it took us like three weeks. We'd just touch on it off and on. And it took like three weeks and he finally got me to verbalize why I hated writing things down. And it was in fifth grade, we had to write down the schedule for the whole week on Monday and everyone would crowd around to read this stupid board and I hated it. And so I would never journal mm. anything. I would never write anything down. Like it just, it kind of ruined writing for me. And then I found journaling again and it was just, I think I was traveling again and 
had, you know, just had a notebook and started writing. And it wasn't even, I think it was as simple as like who I was with and like we went and had dinner and that's kind of how it started. And I think that just opened the door, but I, I totally understand. Sometimes when you write things, you're like, oh shit, if that person reads it, they're going to know exactly. Yeah. It's about <laughs> it. And, and they're going to tie it directly back. But I think that kind of goes to, to what I've struggled with, but, but kind of gotten to as I've started writing and, and thinking about the things of, of cooking and the mental health part is really not so much examining like just my own mental health and situations, but the dynamics with other people, you know, like can eat you there or are they, are they on a different page? Maybe it's not a direct reaction to what we're sharing or why we're sharing it, but it's that they're, they're kind of taking that as a projection and internalizing it instead of, you know, totally looking at it like, okay, this is how they're processing. And maybe I was a part of it or I wasn't. But I've also read, I've read things other people have written where I know like it was a situation I was part of and they completely avoided it. Mm. And that's something where like, and I'm not, it's weird. I don't consider myself like a people pleaser, but that's something where I never want to hurt someone's feelings on purpose or, or accidentally, you know, inherently I don't want to be mean or leave someone. Mm. Yeah. And so I thought about that on both sides of the coin where it's like, if I write something and I avoid it because it's tough for me. Then to what's the point it. of even writing it? Yeah. Right. right. But if I'm, if I'm so worried about their perspective on it without knowing it, then how, yeah, then I've completely paralyzed myself sharing it. And maybe that, maybe that would be cathartic for, for everyone involved. Mm. So that's been, I, I think that's what I'm coming to is like, if, just to check in with myself, if I feel that something I'm writing, you know, could be triggering for somebody because it is specifically related to a situation that involves somebody else, you know, maybe having a conversation with them before I publish it or whatever. That's probably where I'm coming to at the moment where I'm like, I'm really grateful that my mom and even my sister kind of shared with me that they are uncomfortable with some of the things I'm writing. I didn't know that before. They've only just shared it to me. And as hard as it is for me to hear, it's also been a really great thing for me to reflect on and to think, well, okay, how can I stay in my truth and integrity and do what I need um, to serve myself and to help myself heal and grow, but, you know, be respectful of other people. So that's kind of my going to be my practice going forward is checking in with what I'm writing. And if I feel, I mean, we can't ever know anything, right? Like you can only just guess, but if I feel that, you know, it could be, difficult for someone maybe just letting them know beforehand that I'm writing it and why I'm writing it. You know, I'd like to think that most of the things have been cleared, but sometimes they haven't, you know, it's, there's got to be two people willing to clear something. And sometimes the other person, the other party or the nature of the way the situation happened just means that it hasn't necessarily been fully cleared. So that can be difficult as well. Yeah. I feel like the running, the running and the writing have gone hand in hand with me. I'm going out to Colorado again in two weeks to run another 50. Oh, okay. Yeah, I tried to, I attempted my first 50 miler and it's so funny because there's even, there have been a couple of people I've had read things I've written before I posted them or, you know, before I've even started down, especially with this one, I've, I had two or three people I really trusted that know. I consider I kind of have two eras of my life. One was very 
you know, very conflicting, very unhealthy. And then I have this other one where it's kind of started to become healthy, but there's a really small cross section of people that know both, both mm-hmm. parts. And so that's also really strange because people will read or see posts and they're like, oh, you're so, you know, you're so ins- inspirational and that's, I, that's amazing. And how do you do that? And it's like, well, I can, I can directly tie, you know, running, for example, I can go run for seven to nine hours because I used to do really unhealthy things to my brain and body for seven to nine hours that, you know, sometimes seemed fun at the time, but, but it's things like that where, and it's so hard to explain to people have a perspective on that. It's like, well, it's actually better and I can run without <laughs> headphones and I don't feel like, and they're like, what are you talking about? You're going to go run for nine hours without headphones and you enjoy that. So that's been, that's been another really positive part of this process though, is because then if I think about something long enough and I don't have like that visceral reaction to it in my own head and heart, then I feel like there's a time to share that now. Mm-hmm. I, if I think about something and I can't, I get stuck on one part of it, then I realize that that's not, that's not part of the why right now. Like I don't need, I haven't made peace with that. So I can't, mm-hmm. I can't own that yet. And share. Unless there's a way to share that. I mean, cause I think that's part of my process has been sometimes sharing the bits that I'm stuck on. Like mm-hmm. obviously not, yeah. Keeping that to just my process and my experience, but like, it's fast. Sometimes the process of writing it is actually what unsticks, unstucks you, unsticks you. <laughs> what helps you become unstuck? Because um, as you write it, like you think you're ready to write about it, but you're really not. But the process of writing it is like, oh, like that's what's going on. I don't know. I think it's, you know, the whole mental health thing as well is just so interesting. I've, one of the other things I was trying to wrangle with today was like, okay, am I like? A super sensitive person yes <laughs> I always have been but I was trying to understand like are other people also sensitive they're just pushing it all down or or is it really a thing <laughs> yeah I think that I I think there's a lot of both you know do, mm. you, do you feel like do you feel like that is I mean I guess do you feel like it's with the same people where you you feel like they're always happy or do you feel like it's they're just kind of level? Well, I think the reason why I got thinking about this is because since I've been so open with my journey, mm. nearly everyone in my life tells me all of their struggles and the things that they're moving through and what's going on. I'm like, so hang on a second. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone is like struggling with different things at different times in different ways and not exactly the same, but like actually we're human beings and we do feel the full range of emotions most of us do anyway and I just it's been something that's come been fed to me most of my life is you know stop over analyzing things and you're just really sensitive and you're super emotional and I'm like at this point I'm I'm like yes I am all those things and I'm fine with it like it's okay Um, but I'm getting curious about like am I actually like that different from everybody else or have I attracted a whole bunch of like emotional sensitive souls I don't know I think it could be both. Yeah, I think yeah. once you give people that that kind of crack the door to vulnerability, I think it definitely then they're like, oh shit, okay. You know, I think when they when and and speaking from my own experience, I feel like once I started connecting with people that were willing to like share their journey 
and not not just like here's my story, but but the highs and lows of it. I think that is really a powerful thing, where then people don't feel like they have to push everything down. Yeah, because I think the mental the mental health thing is we live in a culture that's so open to self medicating too. Mm-hmm. So I think normalization of binge drinking and you know and these are things i did semi-professionally for you know yeah for years or even just like being super busy like that's a form of self-medicating that was something i also binge drank but I, i i did that as well i kept myself so busy in my life i did so many things that i really didn't have a lot of room to like feel what was happening underneath it all and yeah. that was also except that was applauded. Like, whoa, Sarah's so amazing. She's doing all those things. You know, how do you do it all? You're so inspiring. I'm like, uh, yeah. Once I slowed down and realized, like, whoa, I was just like hiding from a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never. That's been a huge challenge with the transition from from cooking, like on, on a healthy level, cooking, and then you know doing endurance sports. And now I work in an office all day and. I do laps around the building to get coffee and people look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, I can't sit here. Like I, I need to move around, but I think, mm-hmm. right. I used to, when I ran my own business, the, the networking, you know, you have to go network and you have to go to these networking events to, to be relevant and you have to be seen. And, and that really is a challenge of like, and, and there are some people that I think struggle with the line of work. And that's why I think like the work-life balance has become such a strange conversation because, you know, and I've, I've done it before where I'm like, Oh, this event I'm going to, it's work. And it's like, no, it's really like having beers and talking to the same 12 people I've seen at this event a month ago, you know? And so it's not, is it actually work? No, but do we tell ourselves it is because that's been normalized as well. And so Mm -hmm. then, that line gets blurred and then it's really easy to not prioritize rest. Like I'm, I'm terrible in the way of like, I stay up late and wake up early. I, I'm a night owl and a morning person. And, and that is a really fine line too, where I think, you know, we we're supposed to prioritize rest. You know, it's good for our body to recover and just for mental health. But then the expectation is, you know, stay up late, binge watch TV shows and then wake up early, go work out, you know, and and you're supposed to play both sides of that all the time. Mm. It is okay to rest. And I think doing, um, you know, shifting from a a lifestyle where I was working 60 to 80 hours a week to now 40 to 50, um, you know, with, with my primary job and then being able to having extra time to go run or work on um, writing or, you know, I'm, I'm getting certified to coach triathlon. So those, those are things I feel like, I don't know. Do you, I, I have kind of questioned this, that maybe that's why people try and stay so busy because they don't know how to really, you know, kind of leap and make the jump to start something new they really want to. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think busyness is a great escape for a lot of things. You know, it's a great escape for our feelings, our dreams, our goals making change. Um, it's a trap that we build around ourselves and yeah, there's a lot of things that, uh, we're avoiding through that trap and it is a big step to change it. Like, I mean, I, 
it was when my dad passed away that I started thinking, whoa, reassessing my life and reassessing whether I wanted to be working as many hours and all of that. I mean, the funny thing is like I've come to a place where, I, I mean, I love what I do. I love my work. It is my life and that's okay. But, and I'm probably thinking about it most of the time, but I'm really okay with like today where I was feeling down. Um, I was feeling those similar feelings where the depression starts. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and lie on the couch and curl up in a ball and close the blinds and just spend that time with myself. And I slept like I fell asleep for about two hours and I woke up feeling like something had switched. I was like, you know what? Get up off the couch, you know, stop watching this Netflix show that you're watching. That's kind of negative, which I'm usually good at, but I would, I'd gotten sucked into this not great show. And I put on like, Bill Gates, the mind of Bill Gates, whatever it is, it's actually pretty good. Like I was just listening to that as I was kind of getting up and getting organized to get back into work. And, you know, the first episode is about how he's trying to eradicate um, children all over the world from dying from diarrhea. And I was like, damn, like that's what I need to be listening to. And that's what I need to be doing in my life. And it really was like having that rest and then putting some content into me that was positive and, bigger picture and took me a little bit out of like this like little drama that I'm living in right now in my own life and made me start thinking well hang on I've got this life where I can impact and change the world and do amazing things just like he did and is doing and it just was like the exact right thing that I needed to do but like the rest the two hours of rest is probably the thing that shifted me versus being like a slug all day like kind of busy but not probably doing anything useful because my mood would have been low um, and then just like staying in that mood. And then I guess the old me would have probably like had a few drinks after work or whereas now I'm like, no, like I'm definitely not wanting to do anything like that. Like I'll finish this podcast with you. I'm going to cook myself a healthy dinner. I'm going to clean out my emails for the night and I'm going to get up and go to yoga in the morning. It's like I've already shifted because I took that time to rest and self-care. But man, has that been a journey and a lesson to get to the self-care point, you know, to the point where that's okay and it's good. And you can see that that little bit of time that you take out for yourself actually has a much more, you know, positive, long-lasting effect on your mental health. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's incredible. It, and I think you're right. The content, you know, the content that we're constantly bombarded with whether it's Netflix whether it's you know I mean I've I've tried to be very careful about the news content and things that I absorb but yeah like even the books and just Instagram stuff and podcasts you know there's some podcasts I love listening to but but just the tone of it is is like a little bit negative or sarcastic and you know if I'm listening to that during the day and then I go to lunch and walk outside I'm like oh shit the sun's out like it's actually <laughs> you can kind of haze lift and you're like why yeah. why am I putting that in my brain mm-hmm. that's I've that's something I've struggled with it's it's gotten better it got better last year I was training for my first Ironman um and so I was just busy all the time and I really focused on after the first two months eating and resting well because I just I was a train wreck otherwise but this year has been a struggle again it's just, it's living the life of extremes and, you know, not resting and then kind of crashing and then trying to recover. But I, so when I started racing, I would, I would go out and drink after and it was like, oh, I can still live half of each of these lifestyles. Mm. Okay. And so I think that's been something else I've struggled with. 
uh, processing is like, you know, if I post something, you know, about a race or about training, am I being honest that maybe I was still hungover or, you know, like, or I went to a wedding and I had too much to drink or, you know, like who, you know, obviously there's the saying of we're our own worst critic, but also like, is that inauthentic to not also share that? And I think that's, that's something in, I mean, if it feels like it and if you're questioning it, it probably is. (laughs) That's what I always think. I'm like, Oh, if I'm feeling that in the back of me, like this is not fully authentic. Like, damn it. (laughs) Because our truth is only our truth. I mean, there's no rules. You can do whatever, whatever you want, but like, if it's niggling at you, the reality is you're probably going to feel better. And I've always noticed like the more open and upfront I am about stuff, my behavior starts to shift toward the things that I want anyway. Whereas while I can get away with hiding it, I mean, I I convince myself for a little while that it's okay. And well, everyone else does this. So blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. An interesting conversation tonight. And I'm really um, grateful for you like I said, it's so interesting how what you're moving through is like exactly what I've been thinking about and moving through this week. So thank you so much for coming on the show and like sharing all of that with us. I think um, it sounds like an amazing book that you're writing and process you're going on. So I would like to read it. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's actually in a, it's in a place where I think it's moving forward. So it's, it took a couple runs at it again, just questioning, questioning why. I was doing it and now I think um, much like what you're what you're processing like knowing that it's gonna happen and it needs to happen and and it's now about the process you know you can you can learn on the fly a little bit when you're doing totally never been done so I think that can be can be daunting but also exciting Yes. And I have a lot of faith in the things that I feel called to do. And even when I move through the bumps, like right now, um, the bigger picture for me and the vision for me is like, overall, this has helped me and it's helping so many people. And, you know, this podcast in itself was just something I felt really called to do. There's not, I'm not selling a single thing. There's no reason for me to do it other than I felt called to do it. And I just, hold on to that bigger picture when I'm going through the struggle and I'm talking to myself right now (laughs) because I'm going through that struggle. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's, that's what it is. We got to just sometimes keep the faith on our bigger picture vision because whenever we're pushing into areas that are unknown into, you know, it makes other people uncomfortable. It makes us uncomfortable. And there's going to be times where, you know, we question and we lose our footing and we feel unsure, but it's like, just keep that big picture vision in place in the back of your mind, the calling, the knowing that you have and just keep going, just keep walking through that fire. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks so much, Tom, for coming on. Um, Good luck with everything. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcast or sarahregelhuth.com forward slash in my truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. 
Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member, and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregalhook.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.